Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. Enzo got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Lions. Hello and welcome to episode 104. Of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein. This episode is brought to you by TheraOne NFL Sunday Ticket and Bet Online. So the Lions had their last training camp practice, in air quotes, training camp practice on Saturday. It was as close to a full scrimmage as you're going to get. It was also the last practice of the preseason slash training camp that any of the media will be able to see in its entirety. The Lions are off tomorrow. On Monday when they begin to practice, we'll be down to our 20 minutes of viewing, which is essentially stretching. So this will be the last observations podcast from a single practice, just to get that out there. And we're still looking at what the schedule is going to be of podcasts going forward after this now that training camp is over so just want to get that out there right at the jump uh it was actually a fairly pleasant day outside probably the coolest day they've had so far in camp and obviously there's been a bunch of different types of weather this week they had to go inside on friday they had intense heat on thursday they practiced in the rain Another day this week on Wednesday. So it's been a little bit all over the place, but they went with a full scrimmage, or like I said, as close to it. They had some more situational periods, particularly with punt and with kick. And they want to make sure they got some goal line work and red zone work in and a two-minute situation at the end. There was scoring, but it wasn't entirely clear. And like I said, with all the situational work, It was tough to really keep true track of it, but I would say that the combination of the first offense and the second defense really seemed like they were in control. I had it at one point as 28-12, but again, with certain situations, they would have maybe punted or gone for a field goal in some situations that they ended up not doing so because of things that they were working on during practice. So that was kind of the setup What they did was they had, because they can't go into Ford Field to really practice that much and they don't have preseason games, they actually took a bleacher, the bleacher that the 2M media usually sits on, and they moved that over to kind of where a coaching box would be on the 50-yard line, and they put, 
a handful of coaches all the way up in the top row of bleachers or top two rows of bleachers and tried to do that to kind of simulate some game-like situations, special teams they could only simulate so much and so hard. There was full tackling and tackling to the ground during the scrimmage, except for obviously quarterbacks. And from watching all of it, two guys really stood out to me throughout the course of the scrimmage, which went about, I think it was like an hour and a half, maybe a little bit more, give and take. Kenny Galladay and Jared Davis. Obviously one of those names probably shouldn't surprise you at all. The other one may surprise you a little bit, especially if you've listened to this podcast. But Jared, and we'll start with the guy that maybe surprises you, which is Jared Davis. Jared Davis, I thought, was very good against the run on Saturday. Now, granted, it's a little bit of a different situation, scrimmage versus you know, live against another team. You kind of know the guys you're going against. But I had Jared Davis at at least three tackles for loss or run stops. He seemed to be finding the holes really well in the run game. And he seemed to be doing a really good job plugging where he needed a plug. Now, I didn't catch him in coverage much, but that's probably a good thing because that's his weakness. And when you look at Jared Davis, we talked about it the other day, he kind of is what he is and you know what he is and what he's giving you. And I thought on Saturday he gave you the best of what Jared Davis can give you, which is a guy who can make plays against the run, can diagnose diagnose runs well, and be an effective run stopper as long as you're not asking him to play in coverage. But I noted him multiple times on Saturday during the scrimmage. And then the other guy is a guy you would expect, and that is Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay has had a fantastic training camp. We don't talk about him a lot just because it's kind of expected that he's going to do what he's going to do, right? But lately, it just seems like he's getting to maybe even another level of comfort with Matthew Stafford. He had a really great catch that we talked about on the last podcast. And there was one today where Matthew Stafford threw an unbelievable ball in the red zone and Kenny Galladay and Amani Awarie were matched up one-on-one. Honestly, Awarie probably had the better positioning and there was just nothing a warrior could do. Like, coverage-wise, you couldn't ask for anything more. But Galladay just went up and Stafford threw the ball only where Kenny Galladay could get it. And Galladay made a great catch in the end zone for a touchdown. It was, it was one of many, many catches that I had Kenny Galladay making on that day. He caught a drag route. He that he kind of turned up field a little bit. It just seemed like he was everywhere whenever Matthew Stafford needed him. He was wide open on a couple of plays. It wasn't clear whether a defender had lost his footing or if he had just made the defender look that silly that it left him that wide open, which led to some big gains. From our vantage point, it was tough to tell actual distances on what those gains were, but... If Kenny Galladay plays this season like he looked on Saturday, he's going to have a very, very, very good year. Because, I mean, I would estimate in the scrimmage he had at least 100 yards. But again, without being able to see the yard markers and here and there, it's tough to really say. But it was just a, it was a good practice for Kenny Galladay. We'll be back right after the break with some more observations and thoughts from the Lions scrimmage and their last training camp practice of the year. And just one other note in that, we will have more of an overall thoughts process and look at training camp 
in the next podcast that will come out on Monday. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays. They're coming back to the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And listen, do you have tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging? I've got all three. I ran four miles this morning, and it was a bit rough at the end of it. Just simply trying to make it through each busy day. Everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the Theragun, which is a massage device that is used in a lot of NBA and NFL locker rooms. And when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the United States, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now, theragun.com slash bluewire. Now... Back to our show. So as I said, uh, I'll take you through the scrimmage uh, as best as I can, kind of almost maybe even on a play-to-play basis. I caught most of the plays. Like I said, our vantage point was our same vantage point, but we didn't have the benefit of the higher bleachers, so you couldn't necessarily catch anything as we were more at field level than we typically are during a given practice. So they started out uh, with some obviously some stretching, some individual work like they typically would do during any practice. A bunch of music was played there. By the way, I asked Matt Patricia about how they pick playlists for each practice because it's something I had noticed. There's been a lot of hard rock. There's been a lot of ACDC, a lot of Metallica um, throughout the two weeks of training camp and Patricia actually gave an interesting answer that usually the off-season award winners get to pick playlists but because they didn't have that it's been mostly operations staff that is picking it with suggestions slash complaints from players and coaches he joked around with me saying that uh, if I had any suggestions you try to get it played today I was going to jokingly suggest the Hamilton soundtrack which I actually listened to on my run uh this morning or Saturday morning and I just didn't think that that was going to fit in with a football practice. But, you know, it's a great soundtrack, by the way. If you haven't listened to the Hamilton soundtrack, you should also see the play. It's on Disney Plus if you can. So once they got into situations, right, their main returner was Jamal Agnew. And that should not surprise you. Jamal Agnew really, we've talked about him a lot. On offense, he's been consistently getting better. As a returner, we all know what he can do. So at this point, you look at him and you say, okay, 
he's going to be on this team this year. He has a clear role potentially, and maybe he is even your slot receiver of the future when Danny Amendola finally moves on from the Lions, whenever that ends up being. Amendola obviously played well last year. He's looked good again in this camp, so I don't know when that will be, but Jamal Agnew seems like he's really found a role where two weeks ago, if you asked me that, I would have put him maybe on the wrong side of the roster bubble. Uh, A few players did not participate in the scrimmage on Sunday, and they're frankly the ones that have been injured for the most part and that you would expect, and that included... Mike Ford, who rolled his ankle, and that's a good news thing. He only rolled his ankle. It wasn't much worse from Friday's practice. Bo Scarborough, DeAndre Swift, Nick Bodden, all those guys did not work out. Deshaun Hand, none of those guys participated at all during the scrimmage. I don't even remember if I saw the majority of them out there. I saw Swift and Hand. or Well, Hand was out there a little bit, but I saw Swift and Scarborough kind of jogging around the field during individual uh, individual workouts and individual periods at the start. So at least they're out there. At least they're moving. Also, Austin Bryant, was who's still on PUP, was out there running while they were scrimmaging on the other field. Also, Hunter Bryant was not there and as he's been out for a while since getting hurt. I believe it was earlier this week. All the days are running together a little bit. So Matthew Stafford got first crack, as you would expect. The starting corners were... Amani Awarie and Desmond Trufant. Jeff Okuda worked in with both of those guys on the first unit. So those were the three corners that really worked with first defense. And then at safety, you had Deron Harmon and Will Harris with Tracy Walker working in and a little bit of J. Ron Curse. So those were kind of your four safeties, uh, but your top three, although are Walker. Harris and Harmon, although it was Harmon and Harris, not Walker, that started. Again, still looking at that and really wondering how that's going to go and what that's going to look like. It still doesn't make sense to me, but that's just the reality of what it, where it is. The first drive didn't go that well for the offense. They did have to punt. Uh, they ran on Johnson a couple of times. Didn't really go anywhere. Met the aforementioned drag route to Kenny Galladay came up just short then they ended up punting Jack Fox punted Dom Mulebach snapped it was a low snap Dom Mulebach struggled a little bit with snapping throughout this camp and yeah it's gonna be something to watch because I think Stephen Wordles had the better overall camp so it's gonna be curious to see kind of what that looks like for the Lions when they have to make a decision on a long snapper here in less than a week but just worth noting on that that he's been a little bit shaky. Marvin Hall handled that return, so he, he was working some returns along with Jamal Agnew. Then Chase Daniel came out. He was actually 2-for-2 two two on his first drive, and it was a drive that they ran really well. Jonathan Williams had a couple of nice runs. Uh, Chase Daniel found Tom Kennedy, that, and he beat, uh, beat Tony McRae on... A really nice grab, and that was a theme for the day, man. Tom Kennedy beat Tony McRae a lot, and we talked about McRae earlier, and McRae's had a really strong camp. This is maybe his worst day of camp. Interestingly enough, it was the day after he talked with the media, but Tom Kennedy had a really good outing, and you do wonder, or I wonder at this point, if Jamal Agnew had not been playing as he has been playing and had 
really what looked like a carved out role if they would have actually considered maybe keeping Tom Kennedy on the roster. I don't know if that's going to happen, but Kennedy to me is a guy that's going to probably end up on the practice squad again. They're going to really work to develop him. They didn't really blow the whistle for sacks, but there were a few throughout the entire entire practice that just didn't get called. I kind of noted those instead of whatever happened after. Chase Daniel got sacked on that play. He threw a pass to Cephas. Then Jason Huntley ran, and he had a couple of big holes, including one that was broken between Bo Benchwell and Kenny Wiggins that gave him a nice hole, probably for 15 or 20 yards by my guesstimation. Uh, And he just really looked good all day. He looked like he was seeing things decently well. It was the best running day I've seen from him so far during training camp. He's obviously got the the receiving skills that we've talked about. We've talked about in the past his kind of adventures at returner, even though that's a really big skill of his. He's struggled with kind of catching kicks and punts. But I thought as a runner, Jason Huntley had a, maybe his best day during the scrimmage, was able to really find holes and, and push the pile forward in a lot of ways as well. That first drive ended with a really nice pass from Chase Daniel to Marvin Hall. It beat Tony McRae again, talking about him, for a touchdown. And that gave the backups a 7 nothing lead. And for a second, you had thoughts and visions of kind of what happened at Jets camp where the backups supposedly beat the starters 27 to nothing. That would not be the case here. Matthew Stafford gets back on the field. The next drive, he goes 5 for 6, connects with... Marvin Jones, Ty Johnson's running. Ty Johnson ran really well, I thought, as well on Saturday. And he's run, I think, pretty well all camp. I think he's put himself in a position where it's going to be a difficult decision whether or not to cut him. And I I don't know if you can, especially with DeAndre Swift and Bo Scarborough both missing a substantial amount of time and needing maybe to get ramped up a little bit for the season that maybe I think you go heavy at running back when they make roster decisions, in part because of those injuries to Swift and Scarborough, or maybe they just say, you know what, Ty Johnson, we're keeping you and getting rid of Bo Scarborough. Maybe they do that. I don't know. Because Scarborough hasn't practiced for a while, and it's probably getting to the point where it's maybe a little bit concerning. Then... There was one drop Jesse James had was wide open. He actually had a really nice move on Tracy Walker, and he dropped the pass. That was the one clear drop that happened throughout the entire practice. Uh, Stafford found Jamal Agnew on a crosser over the middle. Again, that's very similar to what we've seen from Jamal Agnew throughout training camp. He's been able to get open in a variety of different ways. He's using more than just his speed. His route running continues to get better kind of by the practice as he's learning. And you saw that maybe take another step here on Saturday. This drive ended in a field goal from Matt Prater. The hold was by Aaron Sippos. The the snap was by Stephen Wardle. And they moved on from there. Then David Blau took over the second offense for the next drive. And Blau went three of four, and he led that drive to a field goal, and you had Wordle snapping and Fox holding. But it was it was a pretty strong drive. They used a lot of West Hills on this drive, a little bit of Huntley on this drive. Blau had some pretty good throws. There was one throw that was broken up by C.J. Moore, and C.J. Moore had a really interesting day. It looked like he was kind of bouncing all over the place. He's known as a safety. It looked like he was lining up a lot against receivers, 
And he was holding his own. This past breakup was on Chris Lacey. There are a couple of others that were noted throughout the day. And I think C.J. Moore might end up making this team in part because of the Jaron Kerr suspension and his special teams play. And those are two of the areas where C.J. Moore really made a mark last year and ended up making the team. And he may end up being able to do that again this year. I thought he had a really nice practice as well and was noted a bunch of times. That drive, like I said, ended in a field goal that was led by David Blau. Then they did some red some red zone work, and that's where that, that perfect kind of back shoulder throw that I talked about with Kenny Galladay before the break came into play for a touchdown. It was it was a it was a brilliant throw and I wouldn't say it was Stafford's top throw of training camp because he's had a lot of them. Maybe it's in the top five, definitely in the top ten. But, I mean, I think of the throw he had yesterday on the sideline to Galladay, and it was just so well done. And then he had a few really, the first couple of days of camp that were deep and on point. This wasn't as deep because this was a red zone throw, but he placed it in the only spot that you really could in terms of getting the ball to your receiver and not having it broken up. That ended the first half, quote-unquote. And then the second half was a little bit more situational. They worked on end zone punting. They ran some drills, and then they ran a two-minute. Thought Carrion Johnson ran really well in the second half of this. He was in a lot in the first half, too, but he really broke some runs really nicely. He also had a very nice catch in the second half as well. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, as far as punting goes... Fox really had an end zone punt, and he kicked it 65, 70 yards. There is no question as far as distance goes. He has the stronger leg, but it's just a matter of accuracy and what they want out of their punter, maybe with some versatility situations. Overall, it was just a a really big boot, and it would have been stopped right where it landed. Divergen was right there in coverage as one of their gunners. But it being more of a situational practice and also not being as live hitting where you're going to maybe blow up one of your teammates, the hitting was a little bit different, especially on special teams. Then the Chase, Chase Daniel came out again. They ran a lot with Huntley. Huntley had one run in this. And again, like I said, he had a really good running day where he looked like he jumped over both a defender and an offensive lineman, not like fully leaping, hurtling, but kind of like skirted and maybe a little hop step jumped over. And it led to a really nice run. And you just kind of saw that elusiveness that he has displayed as a pass catcher more so in the run game than we've seen it all during training camp. Uh, Jason Capinda caught a pass, might've gotten blown up or he would have ran right over Jalen Reeves, maybe, but We'll see that, you know, I don't know how that would have gone. That drive ended in a punt. Then Matthew Stafford came out, goes two of three, ends that drive on a touchdown to Jamal Agnew on what was a nice out route over Amani Awarie. Amani Awarie struggled a little bit here, going against majority of Kenny Galladay, and it was didn't go totally, totally great for him throughout. You also had... You know, Jeff Okuda working in more on this drive as well as lo- as well as Jelani Tavai. Jelani Tavai played a little bit on the first team and second team defenses throughout the day. He was bouncing 
back and forth. This is a very heavy carry-on Johnson drive. He ran a lot. He also had that aforementioned really nice grab. He actually extended his body when the ball was in the air to make the catch on the route. And it was over Jelani Tavai. And then Tavai kind of ran him down after and tried to punch the ball out after carry-on was on the ground. It was a weird move, and you could tell maybe it was a frustration thing from Tavai. But carry-on Johnson like I said, had a really good day as well. And he showed a little bit more of the receiving skills in that play than what we've seen from him in the past, although he's displayed it before. Uh, After that, it really kind of slowed down a little bit. You had David Blau come out, and that was more of a three-and-out type situation, but they were working a little bit on a shorter field, so it ended up being a field goal attempt. Uh, They did a little bit of a punting period after that, and then they got into two-minute which really kind of closed practice. Matthew Stafford drove his unit down the field, went three for three. He did get sacked once by Justin Coleman. That was not actually thrown, but he was the play wasn't stopped, but Justin Coleman clearly would have sacked him because he came in basically unblocked. Kenny Galladay got a wide open throw that he just kind of took and went off. And like I said, this was a two-minute drill. They were down four points. So they needed a touchdown. And then there came, with 30 seconds left, a run by Ty Johnson. And it's not clear why that was called. Again, couldn't necessarily see the down and distance. So it might have been a short yardage situation. Get up to the line really quick, spike it, have a chance. So I don't want to question play calling in a scrimmage that is on a practice field too much. But it was definitely something I was like, "Mm, okay, that's a little weird. Uh, then they fought Jonah Jackson and Hal Vitae had a false start. They actually had to run a lap for that. Stafford found Galladay again with Justin Coleman in coverage. And then to cap off Kenny Galladay's insane day, with 15 seconds left, Stafford threw a ball to Galladay that Galladay caught one-handed in the end zone. Our view was a little bit blocked off. But, it, I mean, everyone, all the media thought that Maybe it was an incomplete pass. And then it was like, wait, you saw the celebration. It was like, wow, he caught that. And it was, all you saw was like a flash of a hand from Galladay. It was, it was an impressive play that Kenny Galladay made. The second offense then got their chance at a two-minute drill. They, Chase Daniel went four or five. Largely used Tom Kennedy, like I had mentioned before. He beat Tony McRae on a deep in. He beat Bobby Price on another route. Overall, Tom Kennedy was, I thought, the most impressive receiver on the second unit for most of the day. Marvin Hall worked a little bit there as well, but Kennedy, I thought, made a lot of nice plays, and that that's something, again, to watch. I think he's a guy that the Lions will probably try to continue to develop. Uh, Jason Huntley ended up running up the middle and scoring a touchdown. He ran behind Bo Benchwell and Ode Abouche on that play, and that was essentially how the scrimmage ended, and how training camp ended. Matt Patricia got all the guys together uh, at midfield to talk to them for a while and then practice was over. So that was a wrap on the scrimmage. That is a wrap on training camp. As I said, we'll be back tomorrow with some more well-formed thoughts about what we saw from training camp as a whole and what that could mean for this year. And then we're going to get into a whole bunch of different stuff throughout this week, have at least one interview that is done that will likely run this week with a guest that was I think you'll enjoy. I want to thank my sponsors as always, Thera One, Bet Online, 
and NFL Sunday Ticket, along with Regents Field and Blue Wire. For hosting this podcast, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein, on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. Leave us a five-star review if you'd be so kind, but moreover, download and subscribe to the podcast. That helps us in so, so many ways. And with that, we will chat with you tomorrow. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA and NHL playoffs are going on right now, and our partners at Bet Online they have got you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. Major League Baseball season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.